Section 10 of the Reconciliation of Races and Religions by Thomas Kelly Chain. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater. Section 10. Now, when a little while had elapsed after the rising of the sun, they brought them, without cloak or coat, and clad only in their undercoats and nightcaps, to the government house, where they were sentenced to be shot. Agha Sayyid Hussein, the amanuensis, and his brother Agha Sayyid Hassan, recanted, as they had been bidden to do, and were set at liberty, and Agha Sayyid Hussein bestowed the gems of wisdom, treasured in his bosom, upon such as sought for and were worthy of them, and agreeably to his instructions, communicated certain secrets of the faith to those for whom they were intended. He subsequently attained to the rank of martyrdom in the catastrophe of Tehran. But since Mirza Muhammad Ali, a thirst for the draft of martyrdom, declared himself in the most explicit manner, they dragged him along with that central point of the universal circle, footnote, that is, the supreme wisdom, end footnote, to the barrack, situated by the citadel, and opposite to the cells on one side of the barrack, suspended him from one of the stone gutters erected under the eaves of the cells. Though his relations and friends cried, our son is gone mad his confession is but the outcome of his distemper and the raving of lunacy and it is unlawful to inflict on him the death penalty he continued to exclaim i am in my right mind perfect in service and sacrifice now he had a sweet young child and they hoping to work upon his parental love brought the boy to him that he might renounce his faith. But he only said, Be gone, and bait your snares for other quarry. The anchor's nest is hard to reach, and high. So they shot him in the presence of his master, and laid his faithful and upright form in the dust, while his pure and victorious spirit, freed from the prison of earth and the cage of the body, soared to the branches of the lote tree beyond which there is no passing and the bob cried out with a loud voice verily thou shalt be with me in paradise now after this when they had suspended his holiness in like manner the shapaki regiment received orders to fire and discharged their pieces in a single volley. But of all the shots fired, none took effect, save two bullets, which respectively struck the two ropes by which His Holiness was suspended on either side, and severed them. The bulb fell to the ground and took refuge in the adjacent room. As soon as the smoke and dust of the powder had somewhat cleared, the spectators looked for, but did not find, that Jesus of the age on the cross. 
So, notwithstanding this miraculous escape, they again suspended his holiness and gave orders to fire another volley. The Mussulman soldiers, however, made their excuses and refused. Thereupon, a Christian regiment. Footnote. Why a Christian regiment? The reason is evident. Christians were outside the Babi movement, whereas the Mussulman population had been profoundly affected by the preaching of the Babi and could not be implicitly relied upon. End footnote. Was ordered to fire the volley, and at the third volley three bullets struck him, and that holy spirit, escaping from its gentle frame, ascended to the supreme horizon. End quote. It was in July, 1850. It remained for holy night to hush the clamour of the crowd. The great square of Tabriz was purified from unholy sights and sounds. What we ask was done then to the holy bodies, that of the Bob himself and that of his faithful follower. The enemies of the Bob and even Count Gobineau asserted that the dead body of the Bob was cast out into the moat and devoured by the wild beasts. Footnote, a similar fate is asserted by tradition for the dead body of the heroic Mullah Muhammad Ali of Zanjan. End footnote. We may be sure, however, that if the holy body were exposed at night, the loyal Babis of Tabriz would lose no time in rescuing it. The new history makes this statement. Quote, to be brief, two nights later, when they cast the most sacred body and that of Mirza Muhammad Ali into the moat, and set three sentries over them, Haji Suleiman Khan and three others, having provided themselves with arms, came to the sentries and said, We will ungrudgingly give you any sum of money you ask, if you will not oppose our carrying away these bodies. But if you attempt to hinder us, we will kill you. The sentinels, fearing for their lives and greedy for gain, consulted, and, as the price of their complaisance, received a large sum of money. So Haji Suleiman Khan bore those holy bodies to his house, shrouded them in white silk, placed them in a chest, and, after a while, transported them to Tehran, where they remained in trust till such time as instructions for their interment in a particular spot were issued by the sources of the will of the eternal beauty. Now the believers who were entrusted with the duty of transporting the holy bodies were Mullah Hussein of Khorasan and Agha Muhammad of Esfahan. Footnote TN, page 110, note 3, NH, page 312, note 1, end footnote. And the instructions were given by Baha'u'llah. End quote. So far our authority. Different names, however, are given by Nicolas. AMB, page 381. The account here given from the new history is in accordance with a letter purporting to be written by the Bab to Haji Suleiman Khan exactly six months before his martyrdom, and preserved in the new history, pages 310 
3.11. Two nights after my martyrdom thou must go, and, by some means or other, by my body and the body of Mirza Muhammad Ali from the sentinels for four hundred tomans, and keep them in thy house for six months. Afterwards lay Agha Muhammad Ali with his face upon my face, the two dead bodies in a strong chest, and send it with a letter to Jenabe Bahao. Great is his majesty. Footnote TN, page 46, note 1, end footnote. Baha is, of course, the short for Baha'u'llah, and, as Professor Brown remarks, the modest title Janal Baha'u was, even after the presumed date of this letter, the title commonly given to this personage. The instructions, however, given by the Bob elsewhere, are widely different in tendency. He directs that his remains should be placed near the shrine of Shah Abdulazim, which, quote, is a good land by reason of the proximity of Wahid, that is, Subh Azal. Footnote The spot is said to be five miles south of Tehran. End footnote. One might naturally infer from this that Baha'u'llah's rival was the guardian of the relics of the Bab. This does not appear to have any warrant of testimony. But according to Sobhi Azal himself, there was a time when he had in his hands the destiny of the bodies. He says that when the coffin, there was but one, came into his hands, he thought it unsafe to attempt a separation or discrimination of the bodies, so that they remained together, quote, until both were stolen, end quote. It will be seen that Sobhi Azal takes credit, one, for carrying out the Bob's last wishes, and two, leaving the bodies as they were. To remove the relics to another place was tantamount to stealing. It was Baha'u'llah who ordered this removal for a good reason, namely that the cemetery, in which the niche containing the coffin was, seemed so ruinous as to be unsafe. There is, however, another version of Sobhi Azal's tradition. It has been preserved to us by Monsieur Nicolas and contains very strange statements. The Bob, it is said, ordered Sobhi Azal to place his dead body, if possible, in a coffin of diamonds and to inter it opposite to Shah Abdulazim in a spot described in such a way that only the recipient of the letter could interpret it. Quote, so I put the mingled remains of the two bodies in a crystal coffin, diamonds being beyond me, and I interred it exactly where the Bob had directed me. The place remained secret for thirty years. The Baha'is in particular knew nothing of it, but a traitor revealed it to them. Those blasphemers disinterred the corpse and destroyed it. Or if not and if they point out a new burying-place really containing the crystal coffin of the body of the Bob, which they have purloined, we, Azalites, could not consider this new place of sepulture to be sacred. End quote. The story of the crystal coffin, really suggested by the Bayan, is too fantastic 
to deserve credence but that the sacred remains had many resting places can easily be believed also that the place of burial remained secret for many years baha'u'llah however knew where it was and when circumstances favoured transported the remains to the neighbourhood of haifa in palestine the mausoleum is worthy and numerous pilgrims from many countries resort to it eulogium on the master the gentle spirit of the bob is surely high up in the cycles of eternity who can fail as professor brown says to be attracted by him quote, his sorrowful and persecuted life his purity of conduct and youth his courage and uncomplaining patience under misfortune his complete self-negation the dim ideal of a better state of things which can be discerned through the obscure mystic utterances of the bayan but most of all his tragic death all serve to enlist our sympathies on behalf of the young prophet of shiraz il sentait le besoin d'une réforme profonde à introduire dans les mœurs publiques il s'est sacrifié pour l'humanité pour elle il a donné son corps et son âme pour elle il a subi les privations les affronts les injures la torture et le martyr monsieur nicolas in an old persian song applied to the bob by his followers it is written in what sect is this lawful in what religion is this lawful that they should kill a charmer of hearts why art thou a stealer of hearts End of section 10